right, welcome. This is the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, episode number 76. I'm your host, Joe Sebelia, and this week's guest is none other than Anson Williams. Now, I know you know Anson. He played Potsy Weber on the hit TV show, Happy Days. Did you know that not only did Anson play Potsy on Happy Days as an actor, but he also went on to do a lot of directing TV shows such as Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Star Trek, Baywatch, uh, tons more, um, probably over a few hundred different shows that he's directed. He is also the creator of a product called Alert Drops, which is a like a lemon spray that you spray on your tongue that will make you alert. No need for the caffeine or energy drinks. All you need is Alert Drops. Hey, that sounds like a uh, commercial for Alert Drops. I think I'm going to have to get paid for that one. And not only that, he has recently reunited with Don Most, who played Ralph the Mouth on Happy Days, to create a, uh, uh, I guess, a dark comedy series uh, that will be airing on YouTube, I want to say. So you'll be able to check that out soon. Um, but we talk about all of this and more on this episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. Now, if you really like the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, go ahead and subscribe wherever you are listening to the show. And you can also head over to YouTube now and subscribe over there. All episodes will be up on YouTube, and I will be posting some video footage of different things in the near future. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy. You're out in California, and you were born out there, correct? Yeah, I was actually... Um created on a couch in the bronx very romantic new year's <laughs> eve and uh during during the um pregnancy you know my mother's from los angeles they were back there taking care of my grandmother she goes i don't i don't i don't want, i don't want my kid to be born in new york you got to get back to la so they had no money so they took a, a train back to la and i popped out at uh, queen of angels hospital in east los angeles <laughs> okay. All right. So then you growing up there, I mean, what was it like growing up in Hollywood? Well, I, it's, there was no Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood's an illusion. It's a word. But I was just a number in the world. I, I, I started in East Los Angeles, which is, you know, kind of a, it was uh, mostly a Jewish and Hispanic community. Um, you know, very hard, just kind of hardworking people. Mm -hmm. um, my dad got a GI loan because he was... A World War II hero, two Purple Hearts. Wow! Yay, Dad! Veterans Day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this guy, D-Day, Battle of the Bulge, liberating France, liberating one of the major concentration camps. My dad was a hero. Wow, go and, Dad! Uh, but no money, you know. So he was able to get, you know, the GI GI Bill for a house and three, like a twelve hundred square foot house, three little bedrooms, one bathroom. That's what I was brought up in. Just a number in the world. Just a number in the world. Yeah. And. uh and but back then, this country was it was a lot fairer. Um, so interesting, you know. You live long enough, and you just see the change. But back then, um, everybody had a house. There was never this question. Oh, question of can you afford a house? Everyone had a house. Right. You know, my best friends, like one, one um, his dad didn't manage the meat department. He's a meat cutter. A meat cutter could afford a house wife didn't have to work had a car um it was it, it was a very 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 different time and 
if you went to the local park in the summer, free, all these events every day, you could win ribbons, ribbons, all these competitions, just a very healthy summer, incredible opportunities to, to, to make friends and to, and, 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 and to compete in different events, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, um, everything from a carom tournament to a marathon, you know, um, mm. And uh, and your 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 room would be filled with ribbons, and you know you could you could ride your bike there. No one would bother you. Yeah. Um, it was it was an incredibly fair life, wonderful. And um, I don't I don't mean to get political or anything, but yeah, no worries. You know things have changed considerably. What was what was just common then is now luxury, right? And which shouldn't which shouldn't by the way should not be luxury. Um, right. And um, but yeah, so I was just this number in the world. I mean, Hollywood was an illusion to me too. Uh, you know, I would read the teen magazines and all that. And then at 18 years old, you know, I, I left home and and started standing in you know in uh, equity lines, which non-equity lines for for that's professional theater. Okay. You know, if you have your equity card, you can stand in the equity line. Otherwise, uh. you stand in the non-equity line and hope for the best. Right. So and when, one thing. So that was it. That was the beginning of that was the beginning of it. I I didn't know anybody. I was um, anything I wanted in life that was more than food on the table. I had to get a job and earn. Um. So yeah. So um. So what sparked your yeah. interest in in entertainment acting? Um. It's it was always it wasn't so much acting. I really for some reason even as a kid I just really enjoyed theater musicals. Mm-hmm. And, and growing up, I loved Eddie Cantor and, and, and Al Jolson. And I just, I don't know, there's some, I don't know, just traditional kind of showbiz. It just attracted me. And my mother was a singer in her early days. I think they had something to do with it. She, 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 she um, there, there was the Burbank Little Theater, and, and she, she was a part of that and would do plays, and I would go down there. That inspired me. So I just think it's just, you know, it's kind of in my DNA mm-hmm. to, to uh, just, I don't, I don't even know it's so much acting, but just being part of, of, of I don't know, part of just uh, entertaining, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember your first um, first part you got in theater oh, or, yeah. or whatever it was? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I was like singing. Um, I, you know, I, I was out at 18. I'm doing various jobs to support myself because back then you could actually – earn a little bit actually if, if you're with if you're with three other guys you could afford an apartment you know so i'm surviving and uh i, I went to these talent nights and sang badly but as a way <laughs> of improving and uh, there was an open audition for Summerstock, and uh which in Summerstock, there, there's a uh resident company that uh, they usually audition in chicago la new york and then they bring them to wherever that comp- that that theater is, and you'd be the resident company, and then different stars would come in for different shows for the summer, and uh, it's a big deal. And I I went down there. I st- it was at the um, gosh, actually it, it was Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard, the Masonic. No, the the, the shrine. God, what was it? The Masonic Temple. I forgot on Hollywood Boulevard. This big, big intimidating um kind of building and i stood in the non-equity line and um waited for hours to be able to to be able to to get in there and give it a shot and back then i mean basically 
equity, they made producers see anybody who wanted to audition. So the equity, equity line goes through, then the non-equity line goes through, and they, they, they just can't stand it because so, so it's like three bars and you're out. You uh-huh. coach the blues, run it next. Oh, geez. You coach the next, right? Sorry, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I get in there, and now I'm in, I'm in the kind of lobby area, and um, the ceilings are like 40 feet high, and everyone's singing. It echoes in the whole place, and everyone sounds great, and they're being turned down, and they're leaving, and they're leaving. Finally, I get in there, and there's this tired, really tired old piano player with a cigarette out of his mouth, just classic with, the, yeah. with, with, with you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, with, 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 you know, barely burning anymore. And there's like four tired people behind a real, you know, like old table in this big intimidating room. And um, the scariest audition I've ever been on in my life. And uh, so I, they, they go, the, the, the piano player comes up. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> so you handed me a sheet music, which, you know, has your song. It was Mame. All right. You coach the blues around the horn, man. I forget the words. Okay, <laughs> immediately forget the words, and I am like making up words. Oh Just no! Make, and all of a sudden, they're laughing. They're hysterical. The four people at the table. I suddenly realize I got through the whole song, <laughs> and I'm going, "Oh my god!" They're hysterical. They're crying. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm making them laugh. <laughs> it right? was funny. And anyway. They say, and they said, oh my God, where well, he said, okay, we're having immediate callbacks. And I go, what's a callback? Now they're really laughing because I had no idea what they're talking about. Meaning the people we like, we're now going to do, you're going to learn a dance routine and then you're going to come back in here and we'll see how you dance. Do you dance? I go, oh yeah. Oh, sure. I don't dance. Okay? Yeah, I was going to say, day, did, did you dance? I am like, it's, it's like God did not give me that gift, man. I'm with you. God did not, oh, it's like, it, 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 I am so awkward, so awkward. <laughs> so, so, and and he goes, and he, they go, Tommy here, and one of the four people get up. He's the choreographer, right? And so, so I I go out with him, and there's other there are other people they had they had they wait they waited for their callback, equity people, very few non-equity people, and we went into this other room, and he was teaching a um, he was going to teach a routine. Well, let me tell you, it's a Bob Fosse sweet charity. It was some Bob Fosse routine, right? One, three, four, eight, five, eight. I'm going, there is no way. There is no way. Right? And there's a mirror there, and everyone's going, one, two, eight, five, one, two, two, two. I'm going, oh, my God. So I'm standing in back trying to be unnoticed, and I went, I'm dead. I am so, there's no way. Yeah, you're done. So, so, I, so, no, so I went, you know, so I get called in. with, the, You know, they had it like, you know, three or four weeks, right? I get called in. I figure, screw it. I go in front. If everyone's going left, I'm going right. If they're jumping up, I'm hitting the floor. I just became, I, be, I, I made it a comedic bit, you know? <laughs> they're hysterical. That's now, great. They're hysterical. They're laughing. They're hysterical crying. Okay, it ends, and they go, okay. Uh, they go, uh, Bill, blah, 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 Mary, um, uh, stay. Stay, please. Everyone else, thank you. I go, well, that's it. That's it. I start walking out. They go, uh, Anson, Williams, yes. Could you wait outside, please? Excuse me? Could you wait outside, please? Yeah. Now I'm thinking, I did so damn bad <laughs> that they're going to they're gonna, like come out and tell me, 
don't get out of show business. <laughs> they're actually they, they're concerned that I might continue. Oh, geez. I, I swear to God, my kid said, <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought, oh, my God, it's over. It's done. And I'm waiting there. And what happened in those days, they would sign contracts right there. Wow. So the people that, that stayed there, they're running out going, woohoo! They got a contract for the summer, right? Finally, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. They call me in. Anson, sit down. They said, uh, you sing okay. You can't dance for bleep. And, um, uh, but you got something. You got something. Would you consider being an apprentice? We'll pay you $50 a week. And I said, you're going to pay me? Right. <laughs> they said, we're not going to give you airline tickets. We're going to set you up with another apprentice in California. You guys will drive out to Wichita, Kansas. This shows the Century 2 Auditorium. $25 will go to the hotel. And $25 you have to live on. But we own you. You'll build the sets. You'll act in the shows. You'll do whatever we need you to do. We own you. It's slave labor. You okay? <laughs> You're going to pay me? So that was my... And he says, if you do good, if you do really well, at the end of the season, we'll sign an equity contract for the last show. Wow. And you can come... You can join equity. A prof- you, that means you become a professional... A professional... Um, actor in theater wow so i did it that was that was my first job wow and i i got my equity card and then i started standing in equity lines right yeah. and that was my first job <laughs> wow so you made something out of nothing if you would have tried to dance that might not have turned out that way if i'd have no i i just i just went with my heart i went you know like i'll do what i can do i can make people yeah. laugh. that's what i can do and I, and I did that. I, I mean, I just, I didn't pretend. <laughs> They're just hysterical. And honestly, and, and they taught me enough in the shows that I, where I could move a little bit. I didn't have to be a great dancer, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. So that, so anyway, that was the, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. When was this, roughly? Oh, gosh. Like early 70s? Oh, yeah, way, yeah, Happy Day started in 73. So I'd say it's like 66. 6970 okay. right in there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then from that did you get um some other jobs? Yeah, well then I got back and had to go back to various civilian jobs. And then there was an open audition uh for Victory Canteen, which was written by the Sherman brothers, Mary Poppins. Uh-huh. And then Milt Larson wrote the book, and, he, and they all produced it. He, he owns the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Okay. And I stood in line. I didn't even know, but they, they were replacing one of the actors. Um, they weren't replacing. They needed an understudy, but the actor was going on vacation in like three days, and they needed someone to take over the show for two weeks and then become the understudy. Mm. I didn't know this. One part, one part. Hundreds of people in line. I'm waiting. I go. I get in there. I get the part. I get the part. It's starring Patty Andrews of the Andrews Sisters. It's called Victory Canteen. Oh. And um, so I have 48 hours to me the entirely new musical. <laughs> wow. 48 hours. And the choreography, the dancing was really easy. It was just, you just had to move, you know, move a little bit. It wasn't like compl- complicated like that. You didn't but have to flop on the floor. The staging and, 
and I'm going, oh my, and I'm in the, I'm in the lighting booth going, and back then, you know, we had little tape recorders, and I'm going, he moves stage right, he moves stage left, he goes downstairs, you know, I'm trying, and 48 hours later, I'm on that stage doing the show. Wow. So, so, um, and it worked out, right? And then I became assistant stage manager and understudy, so I actually learned a lot more behind the scenes in terms of theater and yeah. production and business and all that. And then, uh, and I thought, oh my God, I've made it. I've made it. Uh, and then I made it, um, um, you know, I was right in Ivar Theater in Hollywood. Oh my God. And, and the, um, the crew, the, the cast, they're laughing. The only people that come here are old ladies homes. Are you kidding? <laughs> no one's going to see you. Oh yeah. So, it went on for a while, and then I, I, I took over the part. Well, they're right. All, only, only people that showed up were retirement homes. You know, Hollywood was not, it was not there. <laughs> right. So I thought, well, go to the mountain. So there were three big agencies at the time: uh, William Morris, CM, ICM, and and uh, IFA. Well, IFA, I knew where it was, and I found a way to get free parking. So I did. So I literally went up to International Famous Agency and walked in this elaborate lobby, and there was really stuck-up receptionist, would-be actress. I said, I'd like to see an agent. I'm doing this great show in Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. Could you have an appointment? No, well, I'm sorry, sir. I go, what do you mean? We have this great show in Hollywood. I'm sorry, sir. I go, you know something? <laughs> I'm just going to wait here, and when someone's available, let me know. I did a sit-down strike in the lobby, <laughs> and they threatened to call the police. I said, you're lost. I just sat there for a couple hours. Wow. And finally, a door opened, and this guy in a suit, he goes, hey, kid, come here. And I look, me? Wait, really? So I go up to the door, and he goes, I said, are you an agent? He goes, yes. Oh, man, that I'm in this show in LA, in Hollywood. You got to see. He goes, would you shut up and come in here? So all of a sudden, I'm in the lion's den. I am in this agency. I am going to an office. You right? got in, yeah. So, so I get to so, and he was the lowest guy on the totem pole. But to me, his little office was like Shangri-La. Right. I'm sitting there. He goes, he look, don't talk to me. He goes, he's a kid. We we we've been hearing about this pain in the ass kid in the lobby. You know, and he said, and he said, you're so lucky. I go, what are you talking about? I just got this breakdown for a segment of Owen Marshall Counselor at Law, which was a big show back then with Lee Majors and uh, Arthur Hill. Right. right? And high school football players that are over 18, but look high school. He said, we don't have many people like that. You fit the bill. You're sure you can act. I go, hell yeah, man, I can act. I've never had an acting class, by the way. I've been in musicals and all that. I've never had an no acting classes. class. Wow. Okay. okay. So I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes, okay. He said, I'm sending you down 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, Universal Studios, Black Tower, blah, 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 blah. You're meeting with John Epstein, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you, you, you'll get there early. They'll give you sides, and, you, and you'll, you'll read for them. It, was, it wasn't like today where there was a computer where you got your sides and everything. Right. You had to go there early. Yeah, gave you the pages and that's it. So I go. I, so I walk. I walk out of that agency with an interview. <laughs> right? I, I'm like going. Well, geez. I get down the next morning to, to the. They call it the Black Tower. It's so intimidating. 
and I'm up there, and I go in there, and I they give me the sides. I'm playing the part of a football player that dies an overdose of drugs, and it's a death scene. Now, mind you, I haven't had a, have not had an acting <laughs> class. <laughs> okay, let's see how this goes. So, my I go in, and I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. This, there was a shag carpeting; it was like so comfortable. <laughs> a huge office, and there's this the casting lady sitting there to read with me, John Epstein, the producer, and, and a kind of a kooky guy just walking around. They didn't introduce. They did not introduce him to me. I sat down. And I did the scene, and I fell off the chair, and I died. And I felt I died good. I said, I died good. I got the part, directed by Steven Spielberg. Wow, nice. Yeah. That's amazing. He had already done Duel for Universal, but, um, but a director dropped out, and Epstein begged his friend, Steven, to direct, if he would take over the episode, and he did. It's the last episode he ever directed. He didn't own, you know. <laughs> and anyway, and that, and that, and then, and then, the, and then the agency signed me because I got the part. And guess what? Agents actually came to Victory Canteen. There you go. There you go. All because of a sit-down strike that I did at IFA, and then, <laughs> and, and 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 after that, I was in show business. A commercial agent saw me in the show. I got signed by a commercial agent, started doing commercials. Then I started getting, you know, and then I got Marcus Welby, MD. I started doing all the concerned boyfriend parts and all this. And I started, I started uh, building a career. Wow. And then you did the, I guess it was the pilot for Happy Days, right? Love in the Happy Days or something like that? Love yeah, American that was, style. Um, there were two pilots for Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. But you and, was it? Ron Howard and Marion Ross, the three of you yeah. went Ron, on to do Ron, Happy Ron, Days. Ron was in the original. I was in the original. Marion was in the original. Uh, Harold Gould played Mr. Cunningham, a different Joni. There was no Fonzie. There was no Ralph. And it was a much softer pilot. It, it was more more on the order of um, Summer of '42. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was more of a you know more of a Oski Hermy relationship, much softer show, and we did the pilot, and it was a very nice pilot, and they, everyone was so sure it was going to sell, and it didn't, and then they put it on Love American Style, to put, you know, they get their money back that way, hmm. and then I, and it didn't sell, so I went back to playing the concerned boyfriend parts, okay. and a year later, American Graffiti had come out, big hit, uh, Grease was on Broadway, big hit, and ABC thought, wow, you know. Didn't we have a 50 show? Maybe we should try that again. So um, I was in, um, in in Marin County shooting a movie, Lisa Bright and Dark, with Kay Lenz. And I played her boyfriend. And, uh, and I got a call from my agent that they were going to do another pilot. But this time it'll be more like, a little edgier, like graffiti. Okay. I said, great. He said, but, you, but they want you and Ron to screen test this time they think you guys might be too old so we had to audition all over again for the parts we created how old were you when you when you did that um 23 okay because you were supposed in happy days you're a teenager right yeah okay they said how they said how young were you i said as young as i could get you know (laughs) right and uh 
so anyway um so anyway we got the part but anyway so yeah so um um you guys got well, the part. But, but this this time, thank goodness, they created a part called Fonzie. Donnie actually screen tested for with a lot of people for Potsy, but they liked him so much that um, um, they created Ralph for him. Right. They now, was he... Character. And by the way, John Travolta owes me his career. You know that. Do you know that? I, I, you know what? I think I did hear this story. He, oh, he was there too, right? Story, What's that? Believe it or not. Years, a few, a few years ago, I had a book uh, I wrote that came out called uh, Singing to a Bulldog. Right. And, um, and um, <clears throat> I was promoting it on, on, um, uh, on, her po- on her podcast. And she goes, you know you saved John's career. Like, what do you mean? The, fir- the first pilot of Happy Days, right? John came in to try out for Potsy. And John wasn't like Barbarino then. He was more of a kind of a shy guy. Anyway, he auditioned for Potsy, right? And I got it. Can you imagine? And he got on ABC's list, and of course he got Barbarino on uh, Welcome Back, Carter. Could you imagine if he got Potsy? His career was over, man. Over. Done before it started. Yeah, I mean, I can't can't see it. He owes me 10% of his life (laughs) for getting that part. Did you ever get to tell him that? Never did. I I can't wait. You need to tell him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spread the word. Ten percent, buddy. Ten percent all the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get the part of Potsy, and then, so what was your first impression of the other cast members? Oh, so it was always it was just amazing. It was always a love fest, you know. Just an incredible, um, incredible team, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, really, just beautiful. In fact, I mean, we're still. I mean. Forty-seven years. We're still friends today. We're phone calls away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and, and Don and Don is my best friend. I mean, he, he lives very close. In fact, we I just he's he just left today. He's doing um, a really big job. He's he's singing with the symphony in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he's got a play he's doing in Florida right after that. I, I won't be seeing him for about five weeks, so I went over there yesterday just to you know just to hang and catch up a little bit. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then and Ron's a phone call away. Henry's a phone call away. You know, Marion is ninety three years old now. Wow, wow, doing great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, when you guys started filming the show, this was not in front of an audience, correct? Yeah, when, when we first started the show, um, it was it was a one camera show, like a movie, you know. Right. And right. it's for, it's like long and long days because we did the pilot. In November of '72, <laughs> and it was and it sold and had had to be on the air in January of seventy of of seventy three. Hmm. So we were we were only two weeks ahead of filming. So we were there 17, 16 hours a day, fifteen hours a day. I mean, it was like horrible. We 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 get, we got up when it's dark. We got home when it's dark. And it was like a year, as a year and a half of that. Wow. And and believe it or not, we were we were a mild hit at the beginning, like top twenty, but a mild hit. And we started going down in the ratings. Uh-oh. And after a season and a half, we were down to forty eighth place. And Fred Silverman came over from CBS to ABC to head it, and we were almost canceled. And Jerry Paris, our director, and Gary Marshalls convinced him 
to let us go to three camera. Let's change the whole tone of the show. Um, put Henry up front more. Uh, and basically, we, I mean, it went from this one camera graffiti show to a sitcom. Right. And, and we, so season two and a half, you know, I mean, actually season, we're, we're on a year, year and a half into it, season and a half into it, we switched uh, to three camera live audience. And that's the year we we became number one in the world. Became the we became the most popular show in history at that point. Wow! Uh, it, it just blew out. It blew out. We get sixty million people watching every Tuesday night. How many? Uh, sixty million up to sixty-eight million. Jesus! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's... You're talking. There were three networks. That was it. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you look at it that way, there wasn't as many options, huh? Mm-mm. I mean, so people good. talk. It's funny. I direct kids today. Yeah. You know, I did Secret Life of the American Teenager for five years. All these young shit, and they get all they got all big headed with three million people watching. <laughs> I I I am like Gary Mar- Gary Marshall. Come here, come get over here. Yeah. We're crazy? What are you crazy? Get your head out of your butt. You know. <laughs> use this time. Use this time to educate yourself. You're gonna. You need to wear many hats in this business. Yeah, you know, yeah. use your time to educate yourself. Writing, directing, whatever you get. St- trust me, you're not that hot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I could say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of don't, course. Don't even start with me. You know. So, so when you went to a live audience, you were kind of used to that coming from some theater, right? Oh yeah, the only one Henry was out of theater. Don was out of theater. I was, yeah. I was out of theater. The one who was nervous was Ron. Ron, okay. He had never done theater. Wow, and and he was very nervous, and but he came off like a champ, and um, yeah, and all the, and we just became this. It, that's when the that's when the show became a excuse me sensation. Mm-hmm. Now Fonzie wasn't a main character at the beginning, right? He had six lines. Was one of them a? Actually, <laughs> I think Henry. Most ninety nine percent of Fonzie was created by Henry Winkler. Really? It was. Oh yeah, it was written. In fact, the final, the choice for Fonzie was between Mickey Dolan's and Henry. Mickey Dolan's, really? I, I don't. I mean, I'm used to seeing Henry in that spot, so who knows how Mickey would have done? But I, you know, Mickey Dolan. But it was. It would have been more of a cartoon. Mickey's great. Yeah. But, it, but they wrote it much more of a kind of a cartoony character. Uh huh. And Henry grounded it. You know, he just created this whole new, whole new version of Fonzie, whole new version. Yeah, he owned it. And he owned it. He created it. He really created it. And people ask me, "Are you jealous of Henry?" I go, "Are you kidding me? He bought me a house." Right, right. I'm hanging on. This. I'm going, "Go, Henry, go, baby. Hey, I'm hanging on." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember when when I was a kid watching Happy Days. I mean, Happy Days was huge. You guys had. I, some dolls you had lunch boxes you you had all the oh. merchandise oh yeah it was it was merchandise it's merchandise heaven for everyone but us yes right <laughs> yeah I, I recall you guys didn't get a good end of that deal right well it was it's one thing getting good end, it's another thing getting paid yeah you know? <laughs> yeah it's all part all part of business as you as you as as we learn show business is a very very uh, hard business. Yeah. When when was the moment when you realized that you really made it there with Happy Days? Like, was it 
you know, was it Beatlemania with Happy Days? I mean, when did you yes, realize? it was Beatlemania. It was, it was absolute Beatlemania. It was, was crazy. Crazy. I think it was. It came early on. Remember, I, I think I mentioned that when we started filming Happy Days, we were only two weeks ahead with shows. Yeah. So we had to really catch up. So we go. We 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 drive into the studio when it was dark. When we'd leave when it was dark. We really had no idea of. We didn't have any idea of the popularity of the show at the time when it first started. We weren't around to that. We were just working. Finally, uh, they were able to like shut us down for a couple of weeks so we could go out and promote the show. And so, um, let me let me th- yeah, it was Henry, Don, and me. And then Ron, and then and then after we went to Dallas, and after Dallas, uh, Don and Henry went through half the country, and then Ron and I would go through half the country. And and Ron, Ron was doing was doing something, and he, so he couldn't he couldn't make it to the first event in Dallas, but he met me at the next event, and then we went around, you know, and then we ended up on the Mike Douglas show in Philadelphia at the end. So anyway, so Henry, Donnie, and I were on the plane. We get on the plane, and we go, oh, my God, first class. I never feel first class. <laughs> it's like, wow, champagne, oh, my God, right? Look at this. Anyway, we, so we're there, we're fl- so we're flying to Dallas, and all of a sudden, we, there's this limousine on the tarmac. On the tarmac, we go, whoa, wow. And there, it's for us, it was before 9-11 or any of that. Sure, right? sure. So, so. We go in this limousine, and we're and we're they're going to take us right to this event. Um, it was an amphitheater, in in like a public park, big amphitheater, and they had like some fashion show going. Anyway, we were going to go there and make an appearance. And we okay, great, whatever. So anyway, we're going along, and, and we're driving along, going, oh, this is really nice, this is really cool, and then, and then we. Um, we, we get into the park where the amphitheater is. We're going up, and we see thousands of, like, just nothing but masses of people up ahead. And I, I'm smart me. I'm going, man, there must be a big concert here. Look at all those people. <laughs> it was for us. And there's nothing more wow. dangerous than teenage girls. I bet. They came down, a couple of thousand, came down, started rocking the limousine, right? <laughs> They take us out. They take us out of the car. It was like tearing at our shirts. Like just go. It was. It literally beat in lane. It was like. Whole, it was like what the heck? And they. We ended up backstage at the amphitheater. They shut the door. They put wireless mics on us. We're kind of. Re, we're all going. What? What's going on? Oh my! And the place holds like ten thousand people, and I think they had thirty thousand people out there. Wow. Same, and like way over. And also, so we walk out. And the screams were so loud, we almost fainted. You know, the decimals were so high. Yeah. We almost got dizzy. Wow. And, and we're looking, and we're looking, and we're looking. And we're looking to show. We didn't even know what to do. And Henry looks at me. I look at Henry, and Henry just goes, hey. <laughs> Forget about it, man. Forget about it. Forget about it. It was like a roar. So I, I turned to Don, and I say, hey, bro, what? I think we're going to get lucky. <laughs> True story. Man, but that's, you had to have a smile on your face that whole time. 
<coughs> anyway, that was the moment. Yeah. I, 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 it was like quite, quite something. So how do you, do you keep yourself grounded? I mean, talking to you right now, I mean, you seem like a very uh, down-to-earth guy, not big-headed. How, did you, how well, did you keep yourself in check? Well, we had, well all of, it's so funny. All of us had an innate sense of, isn't it interesting? Um, four months ago, we were all like begging for dates, right? Now we're hot. Right. All of a sudden, we're hot. Out of the blue, oh my God! And we go, so we knew, so we knew what it was. We knew it was illusion. We knew it was like, you know, market. You know, it was imagination, fantasy, all that. So all of us are pretty grounded with that. But also, it was Gary Marshall, who created Happy Days, was our boss. He was really, really, really influential in keeping us grounded, and 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 really inspiring us to take the opportunity. Uh, of this show to learn a lot about the entertainment business and don't get involved in stuff that doesn't matter. Get involved with stuff that's going to make a career for you. And you got to wear many hats to, right. to have a lasting career. And Ron Howard, Ron, you know, Ron was already a star, you know, I mean, my God, he was right. prison graffiti music man, you know, Opie on, on, on Andy Griffith. I mean, huge. He was a regular on the Henry Fonda show. But, and Ron had such a work ethic. And he was so humble. And so, we all kind of, we all kind of copied him. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, that's how it used to be. So, it, Ron was so humble and so grounded and so net, you know, just, just, just a real good guy, and 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 so so balanced. And Gary took the time, almost almost as a professor. We use Paramount Studios like a college to learn so much about the business from directing to writing, to production, whatever. Um, yeah, so every, no, no one, no one has ever, ever really got a big head. And, and, and I had some really good advice during that time, too. Um, someone said, remember, said that, um, you know, we all have this fire to be successful. And that's good. You know, you, you have this drive, you want to be, you want to make it, you want to be, you want to do great, you want to be, you want to be big, you want to just really like be successful. And he goes, that's great. And you're in it. You're in it. Never be of it. Right. Big difference, being in it. And I remember that, you know, if you need that fame to feel important, you're in trouble. Right. You're in it. Don't be of it. People hide behind things all the time. They hide behind money. They hide behind titles. They hide behind drugs. They hide behind kids. They hide all sorts of reasons. Oh, they, they, they hide behind things um, because they don't face themselves, you know. Right. And 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 so they put all this other stuff up front to be who they aren't. Right. Right. Or, or, or not who they aren't, or or not having to um, really deal with you yourself. And early on, we learned that, and uh, it was it, it was and truly, uh, we were in a situation. It was the Beatles. I'm telling you, you could not get you could sure. not get more popular. Sure. You can't. You could not get more adulation in life. You could, I mean, it was just so huge. Yeah. In terms of public public response, so huge. Well, I think to this day, and and, and, we, and we all were able to do. Deal with it. No one died over. There's no overdose of drugs, alcoholism, none of it. Right. You know, 
And Every, they, everyone became very productive. And look t- at Henry. Yeah. You I know, mean, LA, you know, you, you know, I mean, New York Times writer, director, star, Ron, Oscar winner. Me, I had a, I've had a wonderful career directing television. Donnie's done so much. I mean, you know, we're and we're still doing it. You know, we're still, we're still, we're still active, and we're still productive. Yeah. And we never let ego interfere. You know, with with our success, basically. Right, and then so it was you that convinced Gary Marshall to let you sing on that show, correct? Yes. Now, yeah. C- c- it, so there was no conflict there between you and Don because he was sing- a singer too at the time, right? Well, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. Okay. Don. I didn't know. I know he sang in the Catskills, and he, but basically, for, for me, I've always been um, a person that sees what I have, not what I don't have. You know, in front. Of, if there's limitations, there's there's also um, there's also opportunity. Just like so, your dancing situation. Time, way back then, uh, you weren't paid like actors today. Right. Literally, and I think at that at this when I went to Gary, I think I was getting twelve hundred dollars an episode. Now today, I'd be getting two million dollars an episode with right. those ratings. Okay, shows you the difference. All right, twelve hundred dollars an episode. And I'm going, and I'm grateful, but I'm going, but, but then I remember I, I, Partridge's family ended the year before I was able to talk with David Cassidy and David Cassidy was saying how much better he was doing off the show than on the show. Cause he sang on the show. And when we started happy days, it was Brady Bunch's last year and the Brady Bunch, they're going all over the world singing. They had a singing group and, and Barry Williams was telling me how much better they're doing off the show. So I thought to myself, well, you know, I'd sang in nightclubs and I'm sang in musicals. You know, what if I could convince Gary to put a band on the show and let me sing, maybe I can get a record contract and then maybe I can get booked and actually make some decent money. Right? That would be an opportunity. Yeah. So one early one morning, I'm a, I, I find Gary and I ask, you know, Gary, I, I want to talk to you about something. And he was busy. He says, I'm busy. You know, later, I go, well, it'll only take a minute. Okay, you got a minute. Walk with me. So I'm walking with him. I do the elevator pitch. You got girls on the show. You got cars on the show. I said, but it's, but you don't have music. We need a band in Arnold's. A band. I sing. He goes, a band in Arnold's? Whoa, a band? He goes, that's interesting. And you sing? I go, yeah, I've done this. He says, are you good? I go, yeah, I'm pretty good. Really? I like, he goes, right then he goes, I like it. There's a nice. show coming up at a fraternity. Let's, we're going to do the band. We'll try, we'll try it out. See what happens. Great. I, I walk away thinking, I just changed my life. I'm singing on national television. But then he yells to me, you're singing to a bulldog. <laughs> I go, what? You're singing to a bulldog like Elvis on Ed <laughs> Sullivan. He goes, I believe, he said, I don't have time to listen. I believe you're good. I believe you're good. Uh, but if you're if you're good, I'll get laughs. If you're bad, I get laughs. You're singing to a bulldog. Go talk to Bobby. <laughs> pick a song. So so basically, so I went and picked. Um, what am I going to sing? I'm going to sing them all shook up. The song Elvis and go bulldog. Hey, right? why not? Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm on national television. Television going. Well, I bless my soul. What's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friend Sam acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. Mm. I'm all shook up. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, hey, hey. 
right? And there's right with a bulldog going. <laughs> anyway, Gary liked it, and he went, "It works! It works!" So about every third episode, I got to sing a song, and not only that, he put me in charge of my music. I got to write some originals, <clears throat> and guess what? Guess who signed me? David Cassidy's label signed me to a record deal. Wow! And guess what? And then I was making twelve hundred dollars an episode, right? And seventeen thousand dollars a concert. That's amazing. And all because I saw opportunity, where maybe other people saw negativity. Right. And and then Gary came up to me later. He said, "He said I'm so proud of you. You don't bitch. You don't bitch. You found opportunity and you helped the show too, right?" <laughs> So it was a it was a good lesson. For, I, I I preach about that. Cause it's a good lesson for people. There's yeah. opp- you're seeing the negative. Look at the positive. There's opportunity right in front of you. You're not looking for it. You're not seeing it. You know, come on, clear your head. Find you know find find that positive button. That's fantastic. I love that story. Yeah, it's accurate. So happy days ran for what? Maybe ten years or so. Ten and a half years. Ten and a half years. Okay. So after Happy Days was over, did you find it was harder to maybe get get jobs acting because people knew you so well as Patsy? Does that well, happen? I, see, I, didn't, I knew I wouldn't be acting much after that. I didn't care. Oh, okay. I you used didn't to want to become a director, producer. Oh, writer. is that what you always wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, as as I was acting, I knew, oh, I'm not, not going to act that much. I'm going to get behind the camera. Gotcha. In 19, Happy Days was off off the air in 1984. In 1980, I had my first film produced and uh, that I, I I created, exec produced with Ron Howard. Ron directed it, and starred Betty Davis. Wow. In 1980, okay. called Skyward. So on the show, I already was getting, I was already lucky enough because of Gary's and Ron's inspiration to educate myself and was able to, to create and sell shows. And so by the time Happy Days was over, I was already, you know, pretty involved behind the camera in production. I had a lot going on. That's so, awesome. And you, I've been, you had and the... I've, I've been directing since 1985. Yeah. So you had like the, you, you were acting and you were in school to learn directing at the same time on Happy Days. Yeah. Well, the school was, um, well, I first started producing and writing and then I didn't like I, it was. And then I want to get into directing. And of course, I watched Ron and Jerry Paris and all that. But Gary made it possible for me to. Uh, I I, uh, I um, shadowed Roman Polanski when he did Chinatown on the back lot. Wow! Uh, I shadowed John Schlesinger when he did Day of the Locust. I shadowed Randall Kleiser when he was doing the, the all the lot of the Grease movie. I would go on sets all the time and just ask questions and watch directors. That was my film school. Wow, that had to be amazing to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my film school. It was like, wow. Yeah. I used my time. I used the time productively, you know, and uh, learned the craft, and also also learned if you had the the, the the natural abilities to be a storyteller, you know. Yeah. Is that hard to be a storyteller? Well, um, no, it's not hard. You're either born a storyteller or you're not. Uh, the craft is difficult. Mm-hmm. Because, because just just because I mean it's it's like it's like constant construction. You're up, you're you know you're in the elements. You're here wherever you have to go to tell the story. You know. Yeah. And then script you know scripts are difficult. You want to make you know it, you want to make it you know a really tight wonderful story in your script and uh, 
And, um, you know, so there's all sorts of challenges that, that come with the process of making a, a film, television or movie. Sure. And, but that's also, but it's also exciting. It's, it's wonderful to have that challenge, you know, but is it, it is exhausting. I mean, it's an exhausting profession. Uh-huh. It's hours and hours and hours and sometimes not the healthiest, you know, uh, locations and whatever, you know, right. you gotta be careful. You've really gotta be careful to keep your, keep yourself healthy because, um, it's very easy to eat bad and, you know, just the hours are hard and, the, and there's a lot of pressure creatively mm-hmm. and financially. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of, a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it's still, it's still, I found it's still a blast, you know? Sure. Sure. Now you've directed a lot of tons of things. I mean, your resume mm-hmm. for directing is huge. I mean, you, I mean, Star Trek, uh, uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, you know, all yeah. kinds, all kinds of different things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Hercules, Xena, Sequest, yeah, Profiler, nine hundred two one zero, Merrill's Place, Baywatch, yes. right? I mean, yeah, I mean, about over three hundred shows. Yeah, that's that's amazing. What um, now Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you did a few episodes of that, correct? I did about seven of them, I think. Yeah, I think you know my guest last week on the show was a guy by the name of Paul Taylor, and he wrote the theme song for around that time for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of funny how I had him last week and then you this week. I didn't plan it that way; it just worked out. But okay. never <laughs> met him. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I asked him afterwards that when I found out about uh, if he ever worked with you, he said no. But it was just kind of funny. No, it's a really cute uh, theme song. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you get the chance to direct any Happy Days episodes? No, we, that was Jerry Paris. Okay. Yeah. And Jerry won like a bunch of Emmys for directing Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And he also played, uh, Jerry the Dentist, the next door neighbor. Okay. He started as an actor. He was even in the wild ones with Marlon Brando. I mean, okay. Yeah. But, but he's one of the greatest comedy directors of all time. And that was a huge asset to have a man like that. Um, as your director, mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a what a what a godsend that was mm-hmm. for you, for comedy, you know. Do you pass on knowledge or like you worked under Gary Marshall for a while? Do you pass what you learned from him on to young actors that are, that you're directing? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's yes. awesome. Absolutely, pay it forward, hundred percent, and try to wake up a lot of young actors. Uh, you know, and act, you know, the acting profession is, is a very complex one. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of insecurity in that profession. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of you know, just there's a lot of a lot of different personalities, and uh, I just try to balance that out with my actors and and try to try to give them a little clarity about where they are, where they're going, what they can do, what they can't do. You know, hopefully give them, give them, I, I try to give them a little direction in life. Mm-hmm. At least That's from, good. From, 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 from my, from my experiences. That's all. Just like Gary did for me. Mm-hmm. And Ron did, and Ron did for me. You know, so it's more than directing a show. It's also maybe helping point, pointing them in a little direction, you know, of that might, that might elongate their careers and stop them from making mistakes before they happen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, recently you did, um, I want to talk a little bit about your alert drops because I yes. found that very interesting. Can tell, tell us a little bit about 
about your alert drops? Well, alert drops, my, it's, it, it's, let me backtrack a bit. Sure. My, my uncle, he's actually my second cousin, but I've called him uncle ever since I was born, was Dr. Henry Heimlich, who, who created the Heimlich Maneuver. Right. And I think he's in the Guinness Book of Records of the life, most lives saved by one man, one individual. That would make sense. Yeah, and and he's he was a big influence, big influence, um, for me. And um, before Alert Drops, years ago, I was directing a show, and it was really it was at a very miserable location, and uh, I was exhausted. And I'm driving home, and I fell asleep at the wheel of my car. And thank God I woke up and didn't kill anyone, but I could have, and I could have killed me. Very scary. And I talked to Hank about it, and um, he said, Anson, keep cut-up lemons in your car. I said, what do you mean? And he, you know, he, he, he was very knowledgeable uh, uh, about um, how the body uh, helps the body, like natural ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And he explained, he said it's very old science. He explained how the citric acid with the sour lemon it's the lingual nerve on top of your tongue, which is part of the trigeminal. And and he says, and the and he said, just like going to the doctor when they test your reflexes, you know, your, your knees, your arms, he said there's there's reflex uh, reaction to tongue and brain too. He says when the citric acid sour lemon hit the hit the lingual nerve, the automatic reflex reaction of the body is adrenaline. Oop, you're up instantly. Up, alert, the body waking the body, nothing in your system. And I went, wow. So I did that for years and never had the problem again. And then uh, years later, along with the entertainment business, uh, I loved. Go- I went into the product business. I love creating problem-solving products. Right. That haven't been invented before. I just I really, really enjoy it. And at the time, I was looking at um, the catastrophic problem of drowsy driving. I mean, today, there's almost 200 million drowsy drivers a year. Yeah, that's a huge well, issue, right? admit to falling asleep, there are more deaths, more deaths, more deaths, more mishaps than drunk driving and medicated driving combined. Wow. That's how catastrophic drowsy driving is. It's up there with guns, man. Wow, yeah. And then I started looking further, too. It goes beyond drowsy driving. It's, we're, we're, we're a country of exhaustion. And and on people, you know, on sets, people doing very um, dangerous jobs. You need to be alert. You know, uh, kids in college—they're staying up all night studying for finals, and they're drinking all this crap, too much caffeine, energy junk, whatever, and they're going to the hospital, overdosing on this stuff. Really unhealthy. So, I called Hank. I said, you know, I have this idea. I said, you know, the lemon thing. He goes, yeah. I said, what if we? Get the right amount of citric acid, sour lemon, water, and put in a spray drop. I want to call it alert drops. And you just spray it on top of your tongue when you feel when you're feeling like really like tired. Anyway, he got he got, he got very he got, oh my gosh, his answer. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. He explained how it would be better than a lemon. It's a direct hit. He said you'll save so many more lives in the Heimlich maneuver. There are more people exhausted than choking. He said, Let me help. So he helped me. And um, we created alert drops. 
And if people go to alertdrops.com, A-L-E-R-T, drops.com, you can read all about it. You can read the science behind it. You can read uh, the testimonials. You, you, know, you can educate yourself. But it's just this very simple natural product that has already saved so many lives. You know, families staying together, husbands coming home, college kids coming home, uh, people not getting injured on the job. We've been honored by the United States Congress, can you believe it? Honored by the California State Senate, City of L.A., on and on. But more importantly, we save people who are exhausted from, from a tragic event. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so basically you go to alertjobs.com. And it's not for money or anything. And I tell people, too, if you don't want to buy Alert Drops, and by the way, one Alert Drops is less than two Starbucks coffees, all right? And it lasts a month. Okay. Right. But but I said, if you don't want to do that, then for God's sake, cut up some lemons at your job and bite into that. That'll work. A little sloppier, but it'll work. (laughs) It'll work. Yeah. I just want to save, like, I just want to save unnecessary deaths. And, and if you go on, you know, images.google.com and you go, uh, you know, deaths from drowsy driving, it's the driver's not the one dying. It's the kids in the other car they hit. Right, right. You will cry. You will absolutely cry at the unnecessary, unnecessary tragedies going on. In this crazy world right now, we feel, really, so many people feel they have no control of anything. We have control of this. A simple spray on the tongue. Citric acid, sour lemon water, a bit of preservative for, 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 for shelf life. You save a life. You'll stop a stupid tragedy. Yeah. It's a high-powered lemon. Boom. Yeah. And I'm you sure know, a lot of us get, a lot boom. of us have... You, uh, you, get, you get the automatic reflex reaction of adrenaline. You're up. You're alert. You're not going to kill yourself. You know, you, you, you give one to your kid. Give one to your best friend. You want, you want the phone call to come from your best friend. Hey, we just came back from this trip. Thank you so much for alert jobs. Oh, my gosh. We were so tired. Oh, my God. It saved us. Rather than my husband fell asleep at the wheel and my two kids are in the hospital. And, right, right. right. You, want, you, want, you want the, the phone call saying thank you. And, and I don't know. He was 96. But two weeks before he passed, we had our last conversation. He made me promise to get alert jobs out to the public. Because he knew the benefit of it. Yeah. And there you have it, man. Everyone out there, for your family, for your friends, for God's sakes, go to alertshops.com. Please read all about it and either get it or have cut up lemons. Yeah. There's no reason, there's no reason for falling asleep at the wheel. There's no reason for, for exhaustion in the workplace. There's no reason for college kids, college kids to be going to... to to the hospital overdosing on caffeine or these stupid energy drinks. Yeah, I, you know, when I was younger, it, it happened to me too. I actually hit the car in front of me. I was at a red oh. light. I was at a red light though, but <laughs> I fell asleep at the red light and rolled forward and hit the car in front of me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was working 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and I was driving home. And at this red there light, I just kind of fell asleep. So, yeah. There you go. Alert- there you go. And it could, yeah, there you go. Alert jobs would have stopped. I guarantee you would have stopped that. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to pick some up, and, and it, you know what's coming up is Christmas, so they make great little stocking stuffers. You bet. It's 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 a life-saving stocking stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm serious. I mean, I'm not hawking. This is important. Sure, sure, yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, so let's talk about, I mean, you recently got back together with Don and did a, yeah. um, a little, I guess it'd be like a little film, right? Just a short movie. It's a 30 minute, it's a 30 minute film. Right. Tell me about that harvest time, correct? Yeah. It's taken quite a few years to finish. It's like, you know, <laughs> we started it and then, and then stopped it and we finally finished it. And, um, and we entered it into uh, festivals, right? And God, we've been winning all these awards. And the whole idea was, I said, first of all, Fred Stropel is a magnificent writer. And I, I, and Don and I were thinking, you know, would people accept us? Same chemistry, but totally different parts. Totally different genre. Let's try it. And it was a pilot. And uh, so we did. So we did Harvest Time. Uh, and it's a very... Um, R-rated, R-rated um, show because because it's because it, it, we're true to the material. It's not it's not it's not gratuitous. It's important for the subject matter, mm-hmm. but it's a very dark comedy, very dark, and then like up at way way deep dramedy. But it's so what what it is. I so I play I play Don's older brother. I'm married with this. I don't realize how demeaning and degrading I was with him growing up together. And but he comes in, and I'm on a dialysis machine because I need a new kidney. I'm going to die at, at the house. And he he beautifully, so graciously donated his kidney. You know, when it's harvest time, I'm getting his my brother's kidney to save my life. Right? Well, he come, well he but he comes to tell me he sold it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> there so you go. Right. <laughs> And the show begins, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this show, can can we watch this show? Not is, yet. No, you can't watch it yet because in the festivals, you can't have it on YouTube or anything. Okay. It'll, it'll be, once the festivals are over, uh, it'll, be on, it'll, it'll, it'll be on YouTube, hopefully on Netflix or something like that. It's really, really good. And, and I hadn't acted in years, but Don helped me a lot. But I directed it. Uh, David Levin, a wonderful exec producer, Fred Stropel. A wonderful Broadway playwright wrote it, um, and it's it's outstanding. It really is because 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 of, of a real wonderful collaboration of talents. Yeah, and but, so I was able. So I started with Don. Exec, we both exec produced. I directed, and uh, it just was a wonderful, just a wonderful collaboration, and it turned out to be just a, just a beautiful, beautiful piece of work, and uh, we're real proud of it. How how was it working with Don again? Because that was the first time you worked together since Happy Days, right? Well, we've been together. We 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 do like personal appearances together, and we had a, we actually had a, a talk. We do a lecture kind of talk thing we do together, but it's the first time we acted together. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and I directed them before that. I hired them a few times for things I directed. So, but 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 I but we haven't like acted together. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just one. It's just wonderful. It's just you know he's so good. He's so good, and um, and um, he uh, if, and now you talk about singing. He's taken over. You know, he's just doing fantastic. People should go to uh, Inst- uh, Facebook, Don Most, and look and really look at his look at his. He's got a lot of videos there of, of his concerts and Does he? nightclub, okay. and and now and now he's uh, he's doing his first symphony. Oh wow! In Hershey, Pennsylvania, like sixty musicians. I mean, I'm real proud of him. 
That's it's a awesome. big deal. It's a big deal. He's and he's just a marvelous performer. I mean, he's a marvelous entertainer. Incredible. One of the best song, American songbook um, uh, performers in the country. Wow. He's really he's that he's that good, and 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 he just loves it and he's so committed, and he's just he's and he, it's, he's just been building and building and building and he's he's getting these really major <laughs> major uh, bookings now. Yeah. And the audiences just love it. I love it. I mean, he's, it's his time to shine, you know? Yeah. Are you still singing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, I'll sing for Dodger tickets, you know, for <laughs> National Anthem. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you should get out there and sing with Don sometime. We do that once in a while. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if he does a show, I'll be there. I'll go up and we'll do... Uh, Almost like being in love. Like we'll do, we'll do a, we'll, we'll just improv a song just for the audience for fun. That's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check his, it. But it's his show. It's his gig. Yeah, know? yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it's it out. His, I'll check his, his Facebook out and check that out. All yeah, right. Go, yeah. Go on, go on Facebook, and then look, and you'll see, you'll, see, I mean, you'll be very impressed. You'll be very impressed. Yeah. I mean, I, he's, 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 he's marvelous. He's, he's really, really special. Really good. That's awesome. And I've never been to a concert he, that he's uh, performed at with, uh, that he hasn't gotten a standing ovation. Nice. That's always a yeah. good feeling. All right, Anson. Do you, hey, listen, do you go to the movies? Do you like to go to the movies? I love going to the movies. I'm going to have to start. I mean, it's, it's been kind of off, off, off the radar because of COVID, right? Yeah. But I, I want to start going back, yes. What, what kind of movies do you couple, like? I've seen, a couple, I've seen a couple since... Uh, you know, since they opened it up again, you know. What, what do you if like? I, by the way, if I go to the movies, like movie theater, now I'm a little spoiled. You know, you have these big screen TVs, right? And and so much opportunity to, to screen what you want here. If I go to the movies now, I want to see, I love Marvel movies. I, I want to have an, I want a, an event film. Yeah, If I'm yeah. going to the big screen, I, I want an event film. If it's an intimate film, I'd rather see it here. Yeah, it's that like makes a sense. Small theater. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. So, so, so I, I like a film where it's just, it's just, it's just a, a, just a much more memorable experience seeing it in a movie theater. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. Um, then you know, I then then uh, I, I I don't I wouldn't it, to go see like a a beautiful drama. You know, I I I, I actually like it better watching it on my own TV. Yeah. It's more intimate, and, and I actually get more out of it. But if I go to the movie theater, I want an event. Yeah, you I want something fun. Get that. Yeah, loud. I, I want to be a kid again, looking at the screen, eating my popcorn, and like just being enthralled. You know. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, Anson. Well, listen, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I hope everybody that's listening does check out Alert Drops. I mean, like you said, that is very important. AlertDrops.com. Guys, everyone out there, dead serious, important, hey, very important for you, you, your family, your friends, very important. You know what I wanted to ask you? What whatever happened to Chuck, Richie's brother? Wasn't that his name? Which, which Chuck? What wasn't that Richie's brother's name? There were two Chucks. Was there? Did you know that? I didn't know there was two Chucks. Yeah, they they cast one guy, Chuck. And for some reason, it just wasn't working. So they thought, oh, maybe we need a different actor. They bring in another Chuck. 
literally, here's your brother now. Same name. <laughs> that didn't work. And then Gary, th- Gary said, you know, we just don't have room for the brother. <laughs> it's like everyone's, no one's interested in that character. So one day, Chuck moved out, for, went overseas for something. One phone call. And, and, and Gary said, don't worry. No one will, no one will care. No one's going to remember <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> and that was it. All of a sudden, no Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, Anson. Well, listen, you take care. Be safe out there. Um, I'm going to look forward to harvest time. You know, once that gets out there, I'm going to check that yeah, out. Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. Awesome. And uh, have fun at the beach. What, what it's, it's 50 degrees tomorrow? Yeah, I can't. Well, Sunday, it's 50 degrees. I can't go to the beach anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, you know. Well, you can't come to California. It's going to be 90 tomorrow. I think it's <laughs> going to be like 78 at the beach. Just rub it, <laughs> rubbing <laughs> it in, rubbing it in. <laughs> you know what you you'd be surprised if i come out there tomorrow and call you well give me a call <laughs> we'll get a beer at the beach 78 yeah. actually I'll be in pop springs tomorrow yeah all right all right buddy anyway hey everyone out there god bless everyone stay safe and stay positive awesome and please see what you have not what you don't have all right awesome words thank you anson all right god bless all right we'll see you that's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.